Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome back to the Society Podcast. We are in for another good episode. Did y'all enjoy last week? Because I know I did. It just, it was so good. And so this week, we are hopping back in and it's going to be amazing. And I just can't wait. Okay. So today is super special to me because I have my mommy, my own mother, on with me today. And I I'm I'm excited for this this conversation. Mommy, can you say hi to the people? Hi, how are you doing? Glad to be here. Yes. So my mom, this isn't her thing per se, but she's being a trooper and she's coming on here with me because it's been a little like tooth and nail trying to get her. I'm like, I want to have a conversation with you. And she's like, what am I going to talk about? Or what are we even going to talk about? And do you have points? Are you going to ask me questions? I'm like, girl, just chill. We're going to have us a good time. It's going to be the same way when you FaceTime me and we look in a mess and we having us a good little conversation. But today we're elevated. So um, I do want to point out that me and mommy have on the same color. We didn't even. We didn't. We didn't plan it. Yeah, we didn't plan it at all. You just looked and was like, oh, hey, sis, you got all the same color I do. So um, I think that shows that our relationship is tight and is right um but yeah so mommy if you could just give the people a little bit about yourself well I am uh, 51 I uh, was raised and born in uh, burnt corn Alabama most people say where's that but it is way in the country um in deep deep woods um I um was brought up on a farm uh, my dad worked, um, he, he actually started uh, farming himself, and then he went into the manufacturing world. Um, my mom, she actually was mostly stay-at-home mom, but she did work. Um, so just a basic background uh, uh, and Baptist religion. I actually I grew up in the Baptist church, real strict um, Baptist uh, rules, and um, that's basically two-parent home. I have seven uh, siblings. Uh, actually, one is, well, six siblings. One is the Steve. Um, so that that's basically where I, I grew up and then went to college. I, I left, uh, once I graduated from high school, I went to AUM and graduated in information systems and um, went on to Rhode Island and worked there for a while and just been around in different places, different um, states and working. And now I'm a project manager in the information systems world. Awesome. This lady is very smart and she is a pivotal part of the tech world, but for some reason still have to call me and ask how to put in a password for Netflix or something. And so uh, it's confusing to me, but I'm going to mind my business on that one. Um, (laughs) So mommy, I like to start off every episode with um, this season. I'm doing a a woman from the, a character from the Bible. Um, And when pondering on this episode with you, we're talking about being a single mom in this episode. And I thought about the woman caught in adultery. Um, which is John 8, and we can say like John 8, 1 through 11. Uh, it's a story that we all 
I, I feel like we've been in church for a while. We've heard it at some point. But what stuck out to me is almost this woman being put into shame uh, because she was caught, you know, having relations with a man that was not her husband. So my first question out of the gate is, was being a single mother in your plans? No, absolutely not. Um, it was not in the plan, but, you know, things happen. Um, you know, I would rather have had a storybook life, uh, but it wasn't that way. Um, and and I, I think, you know, I, I learned and I grew more. And because coming out of a, a home where it's just very structured, you, you almost think it's almost as if that should happen to you that that you know that's that's the family you will have and you 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 start thinking that that's going to be custom Mary and you don't think that something is going to really knock you off of your block where it's it's not going to be the same like you grew up uh, but but you have to deal with it Uh, but yeah that was not in my plan Mm, yeah um and it does, that's like a test in any, you know, any part of life. There are things that have happened to me in life that I'd be like, ooh, I never thought I would be going down this road. But we're here and I'm just going to keep trusting God while maneuvering this unfamiliar space or this space that I never thought that I would ever see myself in. So can you speak to um, the shame that you might have felt? when you realize that, you know, God graced you with me? <laughs> um, you know, the initial, uh, it was more initial shock initially. Um, and I think maybe um, it, it's basically the shame would be more not on uh, me per se as, as being shameful, shameful. It's about the people that you come in contact with you that um, really get to really get under your skin and, and, and maybe belittle you. And if, if you actually take that in as, you know, this is the end of end all and uh, it's not a reason behind it, you know, that this has happened. If you don't take those into account and believe in the Lord, Savior Christ, Jesus Christ, that, you know, you can make it through anything. Those people can take you through a valley and have you really depressed. But, you know, being shameful with more if you're in contact with people like if I would have gone back, well, going back home, going into that real strict church, uh, which I didn't go go back uh, a lot after I became pregnant because um, I knew that was going to be part of it because, you know, even even growing up in our church, it was where if you became pregnant, you know, and you're unwed, uh, the girl uh, had to, the young lady had to come before the church um, in the midst of, you know, service and say what has happened and you, uh, you, you know, you're unwed, uh, you're pregnant and you're unwed and, you know, and ask forgiveness to the church. And I just thought that was wrong. Um, in the utmost way, um, because God doesn't deal with us like that, where, you know, you're just straightforward and, and humiliate people. He he is not a person uh, uh, to put you or 
uh, he wouldn't want anyone to go through that type of shame, um, knowing that any any of his creations that because the person the baby is a, is his creation. Yeah. Whether you know if it was wrong or right, you know how it came into the world. Only God gives life. So, um, for someone to actually, and that's going back to being in in a church like that and growing up, I kind of stayed away from the negativity, and that helped me a lot to progress through uh, through the pregnancy and just rearing it. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, a part that you said, like, you know, you were kind of intentional on not frequenting your hometown as much um, once you did become pregnant. Like, could you just like speak a little more to that as far as how did that make you feel like almost like you couldn't really go home or like experience this place anymore for a minute? Um. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I, I wasn't big on going home anyway, so it really wasn't, it didn't take me back, you know, it just didn't set me back because, you know, once I left home, it was, I had got to a point where when I left for, for college, I didn't go home that much. I, I didn't frequent home. So it wasn't a big deal for me to, to stay away. My family, you know, people that I was, I was truly close to, you know, they visited me or if I even went home, I was able to go home and be around those people, my people. And I didn't go into uh, in a world that would just condemn me. Yeah, that's good. Um, and even to speak on what you were saying, how you really didn't feel shameful until you encountered people that tried to belittle you or tried to make you feel like your situation caused you to be uh, a peon in the world, which it didn't. Um, that speaks exactly to Jesus um, in the scriptures with John 1 through 11, when he says, you know, let he who without sin cast the first stone, you know, um, because that woman felt, I'm sure, extreme shame when she was brought before all of these people. And then Jesus comes and says, because mm -mm, your boo-boo don't smell like roses. So mm -hmm. let's come. And if we, we going to call out some sin, let's, let's start with you. Where's your sin? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that is a beautiful point to point out that a lot of the times when we are dealing with our mess ups, we kind of are okay in our hearts with it because we know that there's a personal work happening within us with God, but it's only the outside people that can come and wreck you. And if you ponder on that, the way that you said, you know, it'll have you depressed. It'll have you, you know, bogged down. And that is extremely why we have to be more so in tune with the voice of God and knowing that, like you said, only God can give life. So God allowed this to happen. So let me keep moving forward because clearly there's purpose in this. Um, and I did want to, uh, you know, add a question to that. How was that initial conversation with your family when you were like, okay, y'all, here's the tea? <laughs> um, I, I think in the very beginning, you know, I didn't say anything in the beginning because my doctor, and, and that's with any pregnancy, you have to wait to a certain term in order to know for sure that you will carry full term. So. Um, 
And in that in in that time frame, I was on a um, uh, a job. I had to go to um, Boca Raton, Florida. So I had to work there, and uh, my sister lives very close to there. So I said, well, I'm going to just, you know, go there and check on her and, you know, just see her, visit her. And when I got there, oh, I got so sick. And I wasn't going to, I, I was, like I said, I was in that time frame that I'm not supposed to tell anybody. So when <laughs> I had to tell a fib at that point, because when I got there, I had to go to the bathroom constantly. I'm, you know, uh, regurgitating. And finally, uh, my sister asked, my oldest sister asked, she was like, uh, what's what's going on with you? And I think I said, maybe, I think I have a bug or something. And, you know, just kind of threw it off like that. But, you know, later on, when, it, when I approached, well, got to the point where I could, you know, that I knew that I could, you know, deliver full term, I, um, I think I, I just I think I picked up the phone, uh, maybe my other sister, uh, and just uh, started talking and just said, "Well, you know, I'm pregnant." Uh, uh, but I think before all of that, uh, that's my family. You know, my family is just you know, we're we're really a, an open family most of the time. Uh, so I didn't feel any. I, I didn't. I wasn't really hesitant to tell them, but, um, it, you know, it's just, it, it, it's a personal time that, you, you know, you have a living for, you know, it was just so amazing to me just to have, you know, it's a living person in me. Mm -hmm. On top of all of this, you know, all the drama that, you know, being a single parent and stuff, it was just amazing to me that I had, a, I had an actual living being in me. So when I talked to, I, it, it was just an open conversation after I got to a point where I could let them know that I, um, you know, that I was pregnant. So mm -hmm. no, no big deal with that. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so of course now I'm going to turn the conversation towards, um, you know, you kind of realizing you're, you're pregnant, um, but you might not see a future with the person that you're pregnant with. Um, how was that, you know, navigating that in your head? Um, now, that part was tough because, you know, like I said before, uh, being reared in a full family, you know, mother, father and family, you know, it, it's just normal. And um, in most cases, the, the people in my church, you know, they were uh, married to couples and so it was knowing that that break had happened uh that and, and my sisters you know my my sisters had gone through uh you know breakups and had trouble with their marriages that with uh you know, uh with with the people they married so when when i was trying to you know maneuvering about well well, it, it, this is truly not going to happen. It, this, we're not going to be together. Um, that part did hurt because it was just not a, it wasn't a custom. So I had to really dig deep to uh, just get, you know, to press on knowing that, you know, I'm going to be the sole person raising uh, this child. And I have to pre 
just prepare for it. It's not going to be something that's easy, but, you know, it was, uh, I just didn't have a clear path of what, you know, because it's all new. You know, it's very new. It's just very, you just really don't know what's going to come. But you would always, I always wanted someone to be right there beside me as a, as a father, because, you know, I had, this was a little girl and I know my experience with my dad. I was like a daddy's little girl. So I wanted that for my, you know, for you. So that that piece was hard is just trying to navigate that that world there. Yeah. Um, I could I, I can't imagine. I haven't had children yet. And uh, so I couldn't imagine having to step into that this big moment in life. You know, like you said, it's an amazing moment. You have life growing on the inside of you but I feel like I'm about to do this on my own. But the part that you started speaking to about, you know, your relationship with your father um, and how you cherished that and loved your father. um, You know, I think that there's a special part of your story in, you know, you getting pregnant with me. Um, You were hit with a double whammy in a short amount of time. So could you speak to that? Um, mm, uh, when my, I was very close to my father. So, um, you know, during this whole period, and I think maybe, you know, being, missing my father, maybe have, was a part of me gravitating so closely to your dad, you know, trying to get, be close to a person. And, um, just because my dad was gone. And it was, you know, it was devastating. Now, that part was devastating, you know, carrying you and having a baby, nothing compared to the devastation of uh, of losing my father. Um, because one thing I had, um, I had been away from from home for, for years. Like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, when I left home, when uh, when I graduated, after I graduated, graduated from high school, I didn't go back that much. So. But I still had a close relationship with my dad. But when I got my first job and left, and and I really stayed away for almost a whole year. And when I came back, and and I don't know, I think God was just moving throughout that whole process because I was I was supposed to go straight from, um, because I went from Rhode Island to Southfield, Michigan, which is right outside of Detroit, and. From that point, I was supposed to go straight into um, leave there and go to Plano, Texas, mm-hmm. and that was supposed to be my destination because I had gone through a lot of training, job training. So, and something in me said, uh, "I can't go any further. I, I need to go home." And because I could easily just because uh, they wanted me to go straight there. There was a lot of work there. They needed to knock out they had some due dates that they needed me to help with. But I said, no, I have to get some rest and I need to go see my family. I went there the day that I left. I probably I don't know the exact day. Let's just say I got there on a the Thursday. And uh, maybe Thursday, probably Thursday evening. And uh, was able to really spend a little time on Friday with my dad and family. And then that 
Saturday, I uh, one of my uh, sorority sisters had a, I think it was a wedding, uh, a bridal shower. I think it was a bridal shower. So I, I left there and went. And so just imagine, right? You got one day, which is Friday. This is after four years. You come home, you get a spend, you get a chance to really spend some time, maybe that whole Friday. Then Saturday, I get up, leave, and go to the bridal shower, which is uh, about an hour away from uh, Burnt Horn to Montgomery. And on my way to the bridal shower, I get a call and say, uh, and uh, my sorority sister said, you know, you uh, you need to call your best friend. So I call, I think. Uh, something happened so I called my best friend and she couldn't hold it it, it was like uh, I'm like what happened and she well she held it to a point she was like uh, well we just need to get home just come back and I had my two nieces then which are adults now with me so um, I knew right then something was wrong I um, then called I just hung up called my mom I said what, what, what happened and she was like there was an accident I'm like what what you know? What kind of accident? Like it was, it was an accident. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. Then at that point, I'm thinking it's a, an accident that someone crashed or something. And she said, I said, well, who was in the accident? And she said, your your dad and uh, and your brother. I'm like, okay. Well, I said, it, are both okay? And she said, um, she didn't say anything. It was like, hmm. And I'm like, oh, goodness. So then I'm thinking, I'm like, which one? And then I said, uh, my brother's name, and she didn't say anything. Uh, and then I said, my dad, and she grunted again. So that, that kind of told me that, 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 you know, he was something had happened. I said, well, is he alive? He was like, and she was like, mm, again. And even when I tell this story, I get saying, it, it just brings all of those emotions back. Um, so once I, you know, I I actually um, went back home and had to bury my father, and I was asked to speak. I actually spoke at my father's funeral, and after that, I have like everybody that really knows me knows that I have Crohn's. I have Crohn's disease, so. If I get very, very, um, say, tired, I, I try to overdo, overwork myself or something or get stressed out, I can start having all sorts of complications. So at that point, I started having complications um, where I couldn't hold the top, mouth had swollen up, everything. It was just everything. But I still, before it really got really bad, I had to go um, to Plano because that was my, I was leaving. Uh, Southfield to go to Plano, but it was just a stop right there in, in Berkeley. And so um, my friend and I, we decided, okay, let's um, drive out to to uh, Dallas. Uh, we're just right outside of uh, Plano's right outside of Dallas. So we get there, and then finally I get there, and I was like, well, I can't stay here. I, I, I can't. So I gave up everything quit my job. I, like, I just can't. I, I, I'm away from my family. I'm here. I know no one. I've already spent a whole year away from my family. And then this happened. I lose, you know, 
basically my best friend. And when I was like, I just got up. So I left, I came back, I got a little smaller job, you know, total, uh, basically career change. Um, so I think at that point, being in that, uh, uh, being in that mindset, I, I, I was, I was truly devastated, truly, um, felt alone, um, cause I had been traveling and I, I was not stable. I was not in a stable location or anything with, um, because I knew, you know, my first job that wasn't going to be my final location. So when this happened, it just, my life stopped and then gravitated for love and for that companionship and I probably look to you know your father because we already had a good relationship where I knew him Mm -hmm. we knew each other and then plus he actually had met my father Um, of all the, the guys that I had dated after I left school he was the only one that truly met my father and hung out with my father, mm-hmm. um, which is that that's a whole nother story, too, which is, is kind of funny. But that I, I wanted that closest to somebody that was close to my father. And that's how we got together. And, um, and, and that's what happened. You know, I got pregnant with you. So dealing with that devastation was like paired with with your father mm-hmm. to try to get through it. Mm-hmm. So that that's basically what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so a question that came to mind while you were talking, um, though, like we've spoken to the moments that, you know, you did feel a little shame or, you know, um, with being pregnant was, was getting pregnant almost like a silver lining for you after like all of this, like, did because you spoke to it like being amazing was did getting pregnant help you heal some kind of way from uh with your father the devastation with your your dad yeah and i i didn't i never thought of that because it did it it helped me get my mind just totally take my mind away from what i was dealing with mm-hmm. and now i'm dealing with it seems like i have been my mindset has been um, turn away from what I was dealing with and said, okay, you got this able to deal with now. You know, you, this is, and and it wasn't bad. You know, it, I could deal with it. it. It wasn't death. It wasn't like life or death, like what I was dealing with. So it was something that took my mind completely off of, not completely, but um, at least it took my mind off of it where I'm, I'm not thinking about it. 24-7. Um, I guess the only time I maybe thought back to to my father, um, majority of the time when I did think about my father is um, I wish that he was able to live to see you. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, that's that's basically the only time that I kind of zone in a lot on him. Yeah. Um so I want to ask, you know, overall a question of like, what did, you know, getting pregnant, you know, in your state, like being a single mother and, and getting, you know, getting pregnant, being a single woman, um, like overall, what did it begin to teach you um, 
once you, you know, you came into the know, what are like some pivotal things that it, it, it taught you. And one of the things that I do want you to speak towards is um, you saying that it took your mind off of, you know, your father's death, but like did getting pregnant kind of make you understand a little better that like life isn't so bad? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. You, you said a lot of things right there. <laughs> that made you get back to the right thing. Okay. Um, so what was the first question again? Kind of leave it back. So just overall, like what are some pivotal things that like you started learning once becoming pregnant? Um, uh, mother mode kicked in. You know, what I had seen uh, from growing up from other mothers that I thought were, you know, good mothers. Um, just just knowing that now, you know, I need to think about somebody else. I, I have to start preparing for life with another person and being able to provide for that person. Um, so and and knowing that I am going to be this person's protector, you know, on this earth. I have to get prepared. And one thing is just getting prepared for is um and and one blessing that I can say um, that I was fortunate to have a good job. So that helped a lot because if I didn't have a a good job, it would have been probably a struggle that uh, I'm having to uh, have these long hours at, at a, a factory and trying to take care of and, and knowing that now I got to have somebody to try to take care of you because these hours are crazy. But at least my job, you know, it was like maybe eight to five, eight to five thirty. And then I can even bring you to, to the job. So it was easier for me knowing that that was something that was comforting, knowing that I did have a good job that I could take time out for you. So that was something that was not as stressful. Uh, but other thing is just uh, just preparing for. Uh, uh, I think initially, I, in the beginning, I was in an apartment, and so uh, that made me think, well, I have to get something permanent, and I have to think about things uh, in a permanent uh, mindset now because I'm not going to be roaming around from you know with a job in this place and this place. I don't want that for my daughter. So I need to establish a a home and start structuring myself. And I'm going to now have to be prepared um, financially and spiritually. So just getting myself, because I was going to church and, you know, still while I was pregnant, I was still going to church, still just preparing myself and trying to have the most stable situation or foundation for you when you arrive. Hmm. What was your biggest fear before, you know, I came? Hmm. Biggest fear. Hmm. Uh, Probably um, just making sure you were healthy. You know, that was probably my biggest fear. 
making sure I ate right, um, did what the doctor told me, kept my appointments, those doggone uh, vitamins you had to take. They were very large, but I had to take them. So just that was the scary thing is because you can see, you see all sorts of things that happen, right? You have people that have kids, were, uh, beautiful kids that have disabilities. Um, so you you just want to do all you can do and pray just to uh, have a healthy baby. I think that might have been my, uh, the only thing that I kind of maybe worried about. Some. Mm. Okay. Um so there's um honestly you've unpacked so much and I'm very proud of you because I haven't had to do too much like pulling. You've been very open and so I'm proud of you for doing that um and feeling safe in this this space to tell your story. So thank you for that. Um and even to the point of you saying like you know you had a good job, that is something that I can honestly attest to that I never had to worry about a thing like ever in life. Um, I knew that like my needs were met and then coupled with, you know, some wants as well. You know, um, there was not anything that I ever had to worry about. I went to, I would say, the best schools in our area. Um, You were definitely an amazing mother and still are, you know, if I need you. (laughs) <laughs> I can I know that I can call you um, at any time. So I will say that personally from this journey with you, um, it's been amazing. I think that I I kind of feel a little selfish in saying this, but like I'm glad that it was just me and you um, because you taught me a level of resilience. You know what I mean? Um, I enjoy being able to have moments where it was just mommy and me like for several years I know for at least 10 years it was just me and you you know and I always tell people I'm like yeah me and my mom was just thugging it out you know we was we was riding through life my mama had a convertible BMW and I would be in my car seat with my ladybug (laughs) sunglasses like you couldn't tell me nothing like you are my homegirl for real. And I tell everyone, like, you are my best friend, honestly. Um, and we've, you know, we've had our moments, we've been on a roller coaster, but um, I think that's with anyone and their parents, honestly. Um, but I praise God for you. And so I think that my biggest goal with this episode is to let people know that things that we deem as horrible are beautiful you know like Mm -hmm. we can always see that there's a bigger picture to everything so even when people um find themselves you know being molested or finding themselves um having a stint where they might be homeless or they've had a stint where they've been caught up with drugs or alcoholism or anything like that those are the moments where we can decide, you know, am I going to be better and allow God to show himself to be God in my life? Or am I going to crumble with this stigma? And again, to what you said, which I think is beautiful. I don't think that shame comes on us a lot of the times until someone else puts it on you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful statement um, that I honestly haven't really heard anyone else put it that way. Um, 
So I do want to ask you, what are the practical things that you thought about? Because this is, you know, help the single mom. So the practical things that you thought about that, you know, you needed to put in place. I know you spoke about like setting yourself um, and being, you know, more stable in your environment, you know, moving from an apartment to a home. Uh, What else were like some practical things that you thought about? Uh, I guess I spoke on a lot of a lot of things. So uh, practical things, um, just making sure you know. I already said finances. So getting your finances in order because you have another person to feed. <laughs> so making sure that you make room for that one additional person. Um, getting your life uh, just. Uh, more simplified where you're able to bring that other person in and be able to raise that other person. So when I say simplified is, it's not about me and my wants anymore. It's where I'm turning my life towards now. It's I'm going to make sure my daughter has all that she needs to be prepared for this wild world, right? So it was, it's basically, that's the main thing is, and, and what I see with a lot of younger mothers, um, I think I was 27 when I had you, so, you know, I was uh, pretty much, you know, had settled down. I wasn't like going out and hanging out all the time. So, but I would say um, if I probably was a little younger than that, that would have been something, a struggle probably is giving up all of, you know, it's me. I should have me time. I should be able to go out and hang with my girlfriends. I should be able to do all of this. Where now, you know, you have made, in which I made the decision that I want to bring a child to this um, to this earth. So now it's not all about me. And that my practical thing would be, you know, Get, it, it's basically when you have a child, you're giving up probably 80% of yourself at that point to focus on that child. Um, you're never parenting. You'll never get it completely right. You know, there's no perfect parent. Is um, Like I said, setting aside that time and for them so you can just try to make it as right as possible. So when that child becomes older, he won't have, he or she won't have anything to say as though, you know, you left left me at home all the time. Um, You weren't, you can't tell me anything because you weren't even there, Mm -hmm. you know, so-and-so raised me or whatever. You know, I didn't, I never wanted to hear that. And even with dating again, you know, getting into the dating world. I did not want uh, you to see just different men, you know, that I'm, you know, I'm dating these different men. I didn't want to um, have that in front of you where that's another thing, right? When you become a teenager and you want to hang out with your guy friends and they say, oh, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't do this. And then the first thing that would probably come out of your mind, my, uh, your mouth would be, what are you think? Yeah, you you were not at home and you were always hanging out with guys. So what can you tell me about something? Blah blah blah. So having that 
being grounded and having that in your, you know, where you are um, basically a good person and you're basically settled and trying to do the best to live, uh, live for God and to have a wonderful um, daughter or, or, or um, son. So that, that was, that, that's my, that was anything is like really releasing your personal space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you also found a balance in it as well. Like you did, you know, have the times where you went, you know, and hung out with your friends. It would be every blue moon, but you definitely mm-hmm. had your me time moments. Um, but for sure, I can probably imagine that uh, becoming a parent teaches you what I mean, ultimately, like how God treats us, you know, having to have that selfless love, having to watch someone's every move, um, making sure that they are well and taken care of. And like you said, all of the things, you know, you're not going to get it perfect, but you're just going to try to make sure that it's 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 as right as it can be, you know. Um, and I always, you know, like to ask people sometimes, you know, how does how did becoming whatever, you know, get them closer to God? Or maybe, you know, they began to peek inside the heart of God when they experience whatever they experience. So when becoming a parent, how did you begin to peek into the heart of God and who he was? Um, I knew, you know, I, I've always been spiritual. So it's not something that is just, you know, popped up when I became pregnant with you. Um, and, but I did want to make sure when I brought you to this world, which, you know, when you were younger, I made sure you were in Bible study, in Sunday school. I wanted to make sure that you had, you were rooted and grounded in that because I was, you know, I didn't want you, I had already missed out and, and, uh, didn't allow you to have that, uh, you know, that fatherly daughter uh, bun, you know, that real close bun and being there with uh, with your dad on a daily basis like I had. I had already thrown that out the door. So I wanted the net, you know, the best thing basically is to have you grounded, have you uh, able to, when you, you know, you might stray away, just like anybody, you stray away but you do have that grounding to come back to um, and being able to uh, work through your issues, trials and issues, because the world can throw you so many terrible things and you have to have God on your side to give you that strength to, to go through this life. So I wanted you to be really rooted and ensuring that you will have that backing, which is, it's God having that backing to um, to sustain through life. I, I just want that was the main goal is making sure that you had that uh, that grounding. Yeah. Was there ever a moment that you felt like you you weren't going to be able to do it? No, no, no. I, I can't. I can't say that. Um, you know, especially not early on, and even 
uh, you know, we had our battles. And so um, it, it never once did I say, oh, I can't do it. You know, I, I knew that I had, uh, you know, laid out a foundation for you and I was going to stand firm on, on you know, on that foundation. And at some point we would get back to that, that foundation, which we did. So I never, it, I never thought that I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we wrap up our conversation, I do want to speak one last time to, um, you know, you started talking about you dating again. Um, did you ever feel like the fairy tale that you were, you know, originally talking about in the beginning of the episode? Did you ever think you would be able, you were going to be able to have that again? Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think I um I thought that when it, you know there's a lot of things that is that's thrown your way that you can make it through and what's out there for you, God whatever is for you, whatever God has for you is going to be for you. Mm-hmm. So you know I never did, and, and going back to being raised in that faith that I hadn't you know. I, I didn't doubt that at some point in my life that, you know, I would have a happy relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And y'all, my mom, she got married when I was 10, 10 or 11. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it was the worst moment in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had, I threw a whole tam- uh, temper tantrum when he, proposed to her I'll never forget he proposed to my mother in our kitchen and I cried hysterically and ran away um to my room and I was like oh my goodness um but part of me knew that this this one was different um he hung around a lot he was helping and doing things a lot and I remember one night uh he was over and I think you guys were like watching movies or something on the couch and he put me down for to go to bed at night for school. And I remember asking you, like, do you promise that you're never going to get married? Like, <laughs> I think I remember that. yes. And you promised me and then you went and did it. So <laughs> biggest lesson here uh, to all parents do not make promises you can not keep. OK. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, really, that problem was just trying to put you to sleep. Like, yeah, whatever, go sleep. Um. So yeah, and she has, you know, been graced and, um, I mean, absolutely blessed by the Lord with the man that He has given her now. Um, she definitely, you know, anything she needs and wants it's there uh at her beck and call when it when it's needed um he waits on her hand and foot so i praise god for that and i praise god for you mommy um thank you so much for having this conversation with me and before we go what's one thing that you want to take um that you want um either a current single mother or um a woman that has just found out that she's pregnant and unwed, what's one thing that you would like for them to take away overall from this episode? Um, that you can make it. Um, 
if you put your um, best effort uh, forward and keep God first, you can make it through anything, you know, whatever life, um, you know, obstacles that are thrown your way, you can make it through anything. Um, don't ever think anything is just so big that you can't conquer. Uh, there's nothing. There, there is nothing. Um, I, I tell everyone that, you know, the biggest thing, if if it's not death where it's not killing anyone or is it, you can make, you can make it through. It's not, it's not the end. Um, even with death, you know, uh, it's not the end, but if you live right, you know, you can actually live uh, forever. So, but on this earth, we're always, you know, we want to make sure that, um, you know, we, we can prosper. We'll, we can prosper with God being on our side and on this earth, we can make it through. Yeah. And I know I said that we're about to wrap it up, but one more question came to my head. Um, can you just speak a little bit uh, about the love you experienced uh, from having a child? Oh, that was the best experience. Um, you have this little precious baby and they're looking up at you like you're their work. You know, you're now like the queen of all queens <laughs> until they get about 15 or 16. So <laughs> then you know nothing, nothing. You're just a nobody. Everybody else parents is they're they're the best. But yeah, it, that experience just holding uh, and being able to snuggle with like this little perfect little uh, piece of joy. It, it's it's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mommy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Society Podcast. Always remember, never forget, the more you know, the more you grow, and the more you realize, the more you can impact lives. I'm your host, Courtney Elise. Thank you. Thank you.